You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. Fear is a faith issue. Learn more about this truth in week two of our series, Mixed Emotions. Welcome to church. My name is Joe. I'm one of your leaders here. And we are Every Nation. We exist to honor God and make disciples. Today we're continuing a series called Mixed Emotions. When we have negative emotions, it's because we were designed to have them and feel them. The objective is not to get rid of the negative emotions. The objective is to control them and change the way we respond to them. Last week, we talked about anger. What Paul is saying here when he said, in your anger do not sin, is that you can be angry and yet not sin. Jesus was angry in many instances, but he did not sin. And we looked at this beautiful illustration of what anger is. Being angry doesn't necessarily mean that you are sinning. We need to understand that we do not get angry simply because we want to get angry. The reason we get angry is because there are a lot of emotions raging inside of us. These emotions are not necessarily bad in and by themselves, but the moment we respond to them, then that's the time when the emotions go outward rather than inward. And when we act on those emotions with anger, unrighteous anger, and when we let those emotions or anger linger, and then we are bound to fall to sin. The Bible says in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And last week, we talked about ways on how to deal with this, and our prayer last week was for us to just be kind, to be forgiving, and to be compassionate. And I hope your week was filled with that. Last week was filled with these, right? Today we're going to talk about the second emotion. It's fear. Next week we're going to talk about depression. So, in this series, I hope that we will have a deeper understanding of these emotions. By understanding what the Bible has to say about them and understanding that they have a part to play in our faith. So how do we handle them? How do we handle our emotions? How do we deal with them? How do we fix them when they're broken? And how do we not allow them to control our lives, to take control of our lives? So let's talk about fear. Fear is defined as the unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. All of us are afraid of something here. Some of us are afraid of spiders or cockroaches. And a lot of people, I tell you, are afraid to speak in front of a crowd. Who among you here are afraid to speak? Can you come up here, please? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what does the Bible have to say about anxiety, fear, and worry? You know, when you ask a lot of people if they're anxious or worried or afraid, they wouldn't say, no, I'm not. But I'm incredibly stressed. That's what a lot of people would say. It's their language of choice. And the truth of the matter is we all feel all of this. Most of us are anxious sometimes. We fear a lot of things in life. We worry about a lot of things. And sometimes, and I guess most of the times, we feel stressed out because of work, because of family, because of the things we have to do, and because of our worries. Now, we cannot deny these feelings. They're real. They're not illusions. They're not just things that we make up in our mind. They're real and valid emotions. The challenge is how to recognize those feelings, how to admit them, and do something about it. 
There are two words that despite their simplicity have the power to either inspire and encourage us and also have the power to make us lose hope and worry about their future. And those two words are what if. See, this is a statement that can be a statement of hope for people who believe that life can be better. What if I study again? What if I give myself a second chance? What if I give our relationship a second chance? But on the dark side, remember, this can be a statement of doubt, of insecurity, and a statement of fear. You see, the what if in the mind of a warrior often turns downward to depression, anxiety, and fear. The warrior who is struggling with, you know, the what if in the mind of a warrior, for example, struggling with the workload and then failing to meet the deadline, this is what goes on in his mind. What if my boss thinks that I'm not fit for the job? What if I'm the next in line if they decide to retrench people? What if I lose my job? What if I don't find another job? What if I can't pay my mortgage? What if I don't have savings anymore? And what if my wife or my husband, you know, feels bad about it, and what if he leaves me? You see, the danger is that we think too much ahead of time. See. The danger on dwelling on the what-ifs of this life is that we go ahead of God's plans for our lives and we allow ourselves to experience the emotions and the feelings, weeks and weeks and weeks of feelings and emotions, that we feel them in a matter of minutes. Our bodies are not designed to, to absorb and live through all those emotions in a short span of time. And that's the reason why we, we become anxious. We all try to carry two days at a time. A lot of us do that, right? And we just worry too much. And worrying, I tell you, will rob us of the joy, the fear, and the strength that we have in God. If someone in Australia would see a person being chased by a lion, he would probably say, no worries, mate. Right? It's a common Australian expression. Do not worry. Is it really possible not to worry? You see, research shows that in any one year, about 2 million Australians, adult Australians, have anxiety. On the average, one out of four Australians will experience anxiety in their lifetime. What do you worry about? I want to ask you now. What do you worry about? We worry about a lot of things. See, we worry about our health, we worry about our future, we worry about our retirement, we worry about what if I lose my job, or you worry about your job security for some reason, you worry about your business, you worry about your kids, you worry about your family, you worry about your relationships, you worry about your parents, you worry about traffic, that you'll be late for work or for school. We worry about what people think about us. We worry about a lot of things. And God said, don't worry about people's opinion of you. I did not ask you to impress them. I only asked you to love them. We spend a lot of time worrying about tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, we are already worried for the next day. See, the Bible says, let not your hearts be troubled. This was Jesus speaking to his disciples. And what was the problem? They were anxious. 
their hearts were troubled. You know, if I was to complete this verse, I would say, don't worry, just work hard so you'll have a comfortable life after. Don't worry, get an insurance so everything will be taken care of. Don't worry, you just have to eat healthy and you will live longer. Don't worry, whatever it is that you're experiencing, it will pass. Probably that's how we would advise someone if they're worried. But how did Jesus respond to the disciples when they were worried and fearful and their hearts were troubled? This is what Jesus said. He said, do not be anxious. Believe in God and believe also in me. The solution to our worry and fear, I tell you, is faith. Remember that. Worry and fear, according to this verse, is not a circumstance issue. Worry and fear is a faith issue. Remember one of the stories in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus and his disciples were caught up in a storm at the Sea of Galilee, the boat was engulfed by the waves. And you know what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping. And the disciples came to him. They were so worried and afraid for their lives, and they said, Lord, save us. We're dying. What did Jesus say? He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Jesus knew why they were afraid, but why did he ask the disciples, why are you so afraid? He asked them because he wants them to explore in their own minds the cause and the origin of their fear. He wanted to point out what was lacking when they were fearful. And you know what was lacking? Jesus said, Oh, you of little faith. What this verse is saying is that fear is a faith issue. The greater you fear, the lesser your faith. The greater your faith, the lesser your fear. What can we learn from this story? And how does this help us deal with our own worries and fear in life? Let's start with verse 23. Verse 23 goes like this. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. This was just right after the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus wanted to go to the other side of the Lake of Galilee. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Take note, his disciples followed him. This verse made me realize that who we follow will have a great impact in our lives. The question is, who are you following? The reality is that all of us are following someone or we're following something. We're either following the sinful desires of our hearts. Maybe we're following our passion for excellence or maybe it's our desire to finish a degree and, you know, get a good job and live a comfortable life. Maybe it's our desire to grow our business or our desire to, you know, just live and enjoy the world. We are asked to follow the shepherd and not the herd. Anything that we follow other than Jesus, remember, will not be strong enough to sustain us 
when the storms of life come along our way. Anything that we follow other than Jesus will not be able to sustain us when the storms come. And the good thing is, you don't even need an Instagram or a Twitter to follow Jesus. You can follow Jesus. Now, the disciples were with Jesus. They were in the same boat with Jesus, yet they experienced the frightening storm. The next verse says, Suddenly a fierce storm came up on the lake, so the waves swept over the boat. How can that be? They were with Jesus. Why was there so much trouble amongst them, in the midst of them? What is this telling us? What this is telling us is that when we decide to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that your life will be free of storms. When you follow Jesus and live a God-centered life, it doesn't mean that your life will be a walk in the park. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not the way it is. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying it is given. No matter what you do, you will experience trouble in this life. Life with Jesus is not freedom from difficulties. Life with Jesus means peace in the midst of your difficulties. It is not freedom from the storm. It is not freedom from helplessness, freedom from feeling of loneliness, of feeling of despair, or freedom from health issues. It doesn't mean that way. But Jesus and life with Him means peace in the middle of the storm, in peace in the middle of everything that is raging in your heart. They were with Jesus in the middle of the storm. But what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. Can you imagine? Everything was just going crazy around you, and Jesus was sleeping. Do you sometimes wonder why God seems to be quiet when you're going through a lot of turmoil in your life? When it seems like God is not interested in what's happening to me. Or maybe people even come to the point when they say, I don't really believe that God exists. Because if He exists, and if He's a God of love, why is He allowing this to happen to me? Do you ever wonder why the teacher is quiet while you're taking the exam? See, God uses our trials so that He can build our faith, so that we will not rely on our own strength, but we will draw closer to Him. And our lives after that can become a testimony of His faithfulness. Don't panic if Jesus seems to be quiet, right? Even though Jesus was asleep, and we know He was sleeping, He was still in control of the entire situation. Even if it seems that Jesus has deserted you, He has not. He's still there by your side. If you follow Him, Jesus will never leave you in your storms. But as we read along, we see that there was no sign that the storm was slowing down. It was even getting worse. So the disciples, most of them experienced fishermen who would know how to handle situations like this, were, were enraged and engulfed with, with fear. You see, fear arises when we imagine that everything in our life depends on us. 
The reason why you are worried is because you think that your life and your future is in your hands. Everything revolves around you that if I'm not around, nothing will go right. See, many people are so confident about what they have achieved or who they have become, what they have acquired. They make it like they, they make themselves believe that their future is in their hands, that everything depends on them. And soon they realize when things go wrong and they realize that their own limitations, they begin to fear for their future that their own arrogance has promised them. The disciples were desperate. They probably didn't want to wake up Jesus because he was so tired. See? But the, at the back of their minds, they were probably wondering, how could you sleep in the middle of this storm? But they had no choice. The situation was getting worse. And the disciples were fearful for their lives. So the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Remember, fear is not a circumstance issue. Fear is a faith issue. In the middle of the storm and their worst fear, the disciples had enough faith just to do something that was right. What did they do? They asked Jesus for help. We will all face situations when you feel like you want to give up. That the next best thing to do is just jump off the ship and forget all about it. The fear that engulfs our life when everything is sinking is a faith issue. Remember, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. It was their faith that made them cry out for help. Why did they ask for help? Why did the disciples ask for help? Because they knew that Jesus, not only they knew, they believed that Jesus could do something about it, right? They didn't know how Jesus would do it, but they still believed that he can. And that is faith. We all love to worry. We all love to worry about a lot of things. And just like anger, we worry as if there's a reward for worrying. There are rewards for worrying. Hypertension, increased heart rate, headaches, fatigue, muscle aches, irritability, shortness of breath, and a host of other physical effects. That's your reward from worrying, right? Why worry when you can pray? Worry is a waste. If you worry, you don't add a single day to your week just so you could buy time. No. But prayer is always effective. But when you pray, and when we do not get exactly what we want, here's the thing. We must not judge God's love by what we want Him to give us. We must not judge God's love by what He withholds from us because God will give us exactly what we need just when we need it. Before God answers you with a yes, with a no, or with wait, what will God give you? He will give you His peace. Jesus said, I give you peace. My peace I give you. It's not the kind of peace that the world gives, but the kind of peace that only I can give. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
And that give and, and that peace that God will give you is something that you will find it difficult to understand because that peace transcends all human understanding. You just wouldn't be able to explain why you're so calm and peaceful in spite of everything that's going on in your life. It's the peace that will, the Bible says, that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. God promises to protect your heart and your mind from worry when you pray and tell Him what you need with thanksgiving. You know, God will free you from the worry of the world, the opportunities that the world offers you to be anxious. In the end, the Bible says the men were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey Him. After Jesus calmed the storm, they were amazed. That's what the Bible says. They marveled. See, they probably looked around and said, what happened? Where's the storm? Right? All of us today can look back and recall the many times that God has been faithful in the storms of our lives. The reason why you're here, the reason why you're able to wake up this morning, breathe and feel alive is because of God's faithfulness in the storms of your life. He rescued us. He protected us. He provided for us up to this very minute. So today, I just want to challenge you with three things. First, look back. If you are going through this raging emotions in your heart, look back. Look back at how God has been faithful in the many difficulties and circumstances in your life. Maybe you're doubting God's goodness, even doubting His existence. I'm encouraging you to look back. And you could probably say, Joe, really? Be thankful? In spite of what I'm going through, can I still be thankful? The second thing that I want you to consider is gratitude. The cure for worry is gratitude. Remember that. The Bible says consider it pure joy. Really? When you experience trials of many kinds, how can you be joyful when someone is dying? How can you be joyful when you're sick? How can you be joyful if you have a relationship that's going down the drain? But the Bible says, consider it pure joy when you experience trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. And when it is complete, you will be mature and not lacking in anything. Look back, be thankful. And the last thing that I want to encourage you today is believe. You know, problems are inevitable. We have our fears, right? There are things that we are anxious about. And there are things, a lot of them, that we worry about. This is just part of our lives. The problem is, the closer you look, the lesser of everything else that you see. Everything now becomes all about you what you're not capable of doing, what others are saying about you, what will happen next, what if, what if, what if. The danger is the more we look 
closer into this, the more we can think of anything else. And when your world revolves around your fear and your worry, your health, your health is set aside. It just goes down the drain. When you're concerned about the things that burden your heart, even your relationships are set aside. And the sad part of it all is that when you're too close worrying about your worries, even God is set aside. We're all like this. Our lives revolve around the things that we worry about. We walk blindly believing that we can make it work on our own. And people come up to you and say, you look like you have a problem. Is it obvious? I have it on my face. When we fail, what do we do? We seek consolation and food, drugs, alcohol. We get addicted to things in the hope that we can escape and find a solution to the things that we're worried about. You can never have an escape. There can never be meaning if you don't have Jesus in your life. And it's as simple as that. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. The question is, do you want to believe? So today as we end this message, I just want to challenge you. Look back and see how God has worked in and through your life. Regardless of what you've been through, how God has been faithful. Whether you believe Him or not, how God has been faithful. And how He has allowed you to experience His faithfulness and His unconditional love. And second, be thankful that you are here today, alive, breathing, and able to hear the good news of Jesus. And lastly, all we have to do is just believe. And believing in Jesus, what He did on the cross, God loves you. I'm not saying that to make you feel good. I'm saying that because that is the truth. Regardless of what you're going through today, regardless of all the raging emotions that are burning inside you, fear, anxiety, and worry, God says, do not be anxious. Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Fear is a faith issue. Father God, we live in a world that offers us a lot of opportunities to be anxious. And many times, Lord, we chose to be worried, we chose to be fearful, we chose to be anxious. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for reminding us that there is nothing to worry or fear about because you love us and because you care for us. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for the many times that we have suffered and people we love have suffered simply because we dwelt on what we thought was the right thing to do. 
and that is to worry about tomorrow. Lord, we give to you today all the cares, all the worries, all our fears. We commit to you today our relationships, Father God. We commit to you our children, our parents, our marriages. We commit to you our work. We commit to you our finances. We commit to you our jobs. Lord, we commit our life to you. And just like the disciples, our prayer is that we will have that single small strand of faith to be humble enough and say, Lord, save me. I'm drowning. Thank you that your hand is not too short to reach to us. That your ear is not deaf to hear our cries. Lord, we surrender to you all our worries right now. And we ask that you give us your peace. That will transcend all our understanding and will guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you for who you are and we thank you for who we can become because of you. We trust you. We commit everything to you today, Lord Jesus Christ. And to you be the honor, the glory, the power and the might forever and ever. Amen and amen. We'll see you next Saturday, guys. Church, have a great week. God bless you all. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.